Welcome to episode nine of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey from the week eight in G5 college football. I am your host, Justice, and Luke is back with us this week, man. Glad Here we to go. have you back. I'm glad to be back. I'm feeling good. Uh, it was it was a rough uh, stretch there for about a week. I had, you know, my Petri dishes of, of children. Um Got sick there, and then I got sick, and it's like when ki- I don't know when the kids are sick. It's like a day, and they're still kind of sick, so you don't want to take them anywhere. And it's like I get it, and it's like I'm done for a week. It's like as you drink when you get older, and it's like you just don't bounce back like you used to. It's yeah. it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same. And I I was hoarse, and I, I do another podcast for my home cdc league and couldn't do that on thursday like it was a whole week ordeal it was rough yeah i i feel your pain brother uh last i guess thursday my daughter started throwing up uh then the then my wife started saturday morning then my son started saturday night um but thankfully i have not joined the cootie club yet so <laughs> only no, no only a matter of time yet man like I, I, well i mean the last it lasted for about you know 12 to 24 hours for them and then they were they're good to go so um I, I managed to escape those cooties so far and, and i'm hoping that looks continues knock oh, on wood. <laughs> knock on this wood <laughs> all right uh get into things here what the swarm needs to know our news and notes for this week. Um, so I, I found a couple of notes earlier today. I just wanted to talk about. Uh, so Louisville has decided to pay JMU $1 million for a 2025 game. Um, the Dukes were originally, JMU was originally supposed to play uh, Virginia Tech in 2025 for uh, $500,000. But then Virginia Tech asked that to be bumped back a year. So when they moved that back a year, they raised the um, the fee to eight hundred thousand dollars. So basically, JMU's got a one point three million dollar uh, gain for for a schedule change, and um, you know it, it. You see, we talk about this all the time when it happens, but you know, JMU could get one point three million dollars and walk out of both of those games two and zero. Oh. Like that's yep. The, 
that's such a real possibility, especially against Virginia Tech. Yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, you know, Louisville's looked a little bit better here recently, but you know, sometimes uh, you know these games can go south for the these Power Five opponents. And uh, JMU's actually, you know, looked has looked very stout in their two years in the FBS, and and I see no reason that that will continue. So, uh, kudos and, to JMU. And in my fog, I I don't recall. But did you talk about last week about the whole like JMU not being bowl eligible and like going to a bowl? I, I, did, I didn't go into a level of detail about that, but um, if you want to talk about that, I mean, well, we, I just I just want to have a conversation. Like, who are you protecting? Like, well, we it, we did we did mention that, yeah. Okay, because like I I just don't get it. Like, yeah, yeah hey, I don't because no. you're gonna transfer up, and if you are enough, do win enough games to go to a bowl, you can't like. I mean, it's just like preventing them from making more money, I guess. I I don't know. It just seems real dumb. A lot of the stuff that NCAA does is dumb. The bowl games are dumb. Um, the only thing for bowl games is like, hey, let's get our, you know, let's see what next year looks like because everybody's sitting out nowadays. Um, you've already got, I know we're the G5. We already got the Caleb Williams. Is he going to play the rest of the season? He will. He'll sit out the bowl game. But it's just like, what are we doing? What yeah, are we so, doing? So one thing um, Andrew and I did talk about was this this uh, this concept that that I saw last week, um, where someone someone kind of I think it was Sicko's committee basically said, "Hey, Jacksonville State and JMU should play in a regular season game uh, December tenth." December 10th is the last regular season date and they should, they have to play the game in Hawaii, Puerto Rico, or Alaska. Cause if you play a game in Hawaii, Puerto Rico, or Alaska, you get to play an extra game, extra regular season game. Um, I don't know like if it's true or legit, but like that would be so awesome if Jacksonville state and JMU did that and was able to do it and like, just, you know, give the NCAA the big middle finger, you know, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. I agree. The um, you know the Virginia Attorney General, who is a JMU grad, uh, sent a letter to the NCAA, and basically they said, you know, thanks but no thanks. Well, today I saw I read where a state senator basically said, well, you know, you operate in the state of Virginia, you have to operate by our rules, and if you're not going to operate by our rules, uh, we might seek legal action. Now, like, I don't know what I don't know if that's just an empty threat or what that means, but like, I don't know. Interesting stuff, right? To, to yeah. Politicians get involved in sports, uh, but yeah, I mean, that that JMU Jacksonville State thing that'd be pretty awesome if they could pull that off. Like, like they should go to Alaska. Like, can you imagine like an ice bowl in Alaska in in uh, in December? That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. I think. I can't imagine. You know what? I don't think I would want to go to alaska for for a bowl game well uh, yeah but it would just be so cool right cool it's <laughs> cool for the state of alaska cool i mean just all around i mean there's bowl games in uh in hawaii already um i don't know if puerto rico i would assume puerto rico has a field but you know i don't i don't know but, probably I mean, they've got baseball cool. diamonds yeah so. got baseball diamonds make it happen game seven in jacksonville state um, so I saw this today, uh, UTSA, 
the Roadrunners put rat traps or mouse traps with cheese in their players' locker this week to symbolize don't eat the cheese. And basically, you know, that, that comes from, you know, Nick Saban, I think, was the main one to talk about it. But basically, believe in your own hype, believing the media, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, one of the players gave one to head coach Jeff Trailer, and the trap went off and smashed one of uh, Trailer's fingers. So uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, just funny, right? Like, I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. And, you know, th- those hurt pretty bad. Um, Hopefully it didn't uh, didn't do anything more than uh, than bruises fingers, but uh, you know bruises fingers and some bear crawls for a hundred and twenty yards for some somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there 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 was something going on there for for that player or for the individual that. I mean, you got to think the head coach is in on that, right? Like putting those traps in in the locker room, but maybe not. You know, who knows? But uh, a little fun there, at UTSA. Uh, this next news, I just saw this like literally like maybe five minutes ago. So there's reports that, you know, so in two weeks, two Saturdays, I should say, Georgia State will host JMU. So it'll be on national TV at 3.30 Eastern. And people are saying they've been told that if both, you know, if Georgia State beats Georgia Southern and JMU beats ODU, then they'll Georgia State will be 7-1. and one. JMU will be 8-0, and that the game could be a candidate for ESPN College Game Day. Um, and that'd be pretty sweet. They always seem to go to, you know, at least one G5 uh, setting in, in a season. So that would be pretty cool if the Sun Belt was able to get that uh, with Georgia State and uh, JMU. It would be, yep. And I know, I know Game Day has been at JMU before, but that was back when um, JMU was in the FCS. So uh, this time it'd be at Georgia State. So be pretty cool for the G5. I agree. All right. uh, Moving on to some injury news. Quarterback Brett Gabbert, Miami, Ohio, um, broke his leg. I'm not sure what bone. It's lower leg. Um, He's pretty much done for the – I guess he's done for his career. career, I mean, this was his last year of eligibility. He played more than four games. They can't get a medical register at this point. Um, so, you know, if you own Brett Gabbert, it's safe to go ahead and cut him. Um, it looks like quarterback Avion Smith, who filled in him, filled in for him last year due to injury, is going to be the starter from uh, move, moving out, moving forward. I would assume he came in the game this past week. Um, he's a little bit of a different type quarterback, right? He uh, he's, he's more of a rusher. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that impacts uh, the passing game engage Larverdane there uh, for Miami, Ohio. I mean, I'm going to be firing up my almost uh, or Amos stocks here, where where I've got him because I like running quarterbacks, and those running quarterbacks give those linebackers something else to look for. And you know, if you got the option and and whatnot, just gives you those bigger lanes. I think so. I think he had like 50, I don't know, 56 yards and a touchdown or something this last week. But I think, I think, I just, I just hope him. that he doesn't mess up my Larva Dane shares here going towards the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, uh, quarterback Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina took a hit to the head um, on an attempted slide. He has been released from the hospital 
Head coach uh, Tim Beck says that he is doubtful for this week, but he did say that he is not currently in concussion protocol. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to – if you own McCall, I'll be looking elsewhere. Um, certainly pay attention on Saturday, but for right now, you definitely need to make plans uh, to start someone besides McCall. And I got to tell you, if McCall is not starting, I don't, I'm not starting anybody in that offense. I'm not starting Pinckney. I'm not starting Brown. Uh, maybe one of the running backs, right? Maybe maybe Braden Bennett. Um, but I'm definitely not starting Pinkney or Brown without McCall out there. I, my assumption is the backup is Jared Guest, who uh, came in for him um, when he got injured yep. this past week. Um, and he he's nothing he's nothing special to write home about. Um, I suppose they also could play um, redshirt freshman Ethan Vasco. Um, you know, but uh, yeah. I, I doubt that's what I doubt that's the way they'll go. My yeah. guess is it's going to be run, run, and more run. I would assume. I would assume so. And a little foreshadowing into uh, some waiver pickups and Braden Bennett. That's right. Uh, running back Jacory Merritt from New Mexico. He left the field Saturday with a hurt foot, but he did return. Um, one thing to note, though, is Andrew Henry returned as well for New Mexico and. The, you know, it's looking more like a uh, a split backfield for there for New Mexico. Um, so just kind of a word of caution there for Ja'Cory Merritt. Uh, quarterback Jacob Zeno, UAB, he missed the game last week. He was still in concussion protocol. Uh, positive news is UAB has a bye this week, and he should, uh, he should be good to go for their next game. Uh, running back Rasheen Ali from Marshall. Uh, did not play last week against JMU, and he is listed as questionable for this week. So just stay tuned uh, to Twitter um, and look for that news as, as the game gets closer to kind of see what uh, Rasheen Ali's status is. Because if he plays, you know, you got to start him. The guy's a stud. Uh, quarterback EJ Warner from Temple was still in con- concussion protocol, missed another game this past week against SMU. Um, and they too have a bye this week, so Warner should hopefully be good to go by the time they play in two weeks. That team just looks so without him, they don't look good, bad, just um, so. But yeah, well, I will say this the and I don't remember the kid's name, the the not Quincy Patterson, um, the 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 freshman that got in there and played, um, the second half, he didn't look bad, um, but the receivers dropped so many balls. Like it, it, it was like ridiculous the amount of balls the the, the receivers and tight ends dropped. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they get Warner back and, and they can at least uh, be a fantasy viable offense. Running back Nate Noel from App State, he missed the game uh, against ODU due to the ankle injury he suffered two weeks ago. But according to head coach Sean Clark, he is expected to practice and play this coming week. Uh, Kanye Roberts was a popular ad in his absence, um, and, he, and he, he performed admirably, but it looks like Nate Noel is going to be coming back this week. Uh, running back Malik Jackson, Jacksonville State, uh, they are also hopeful he will return to practice this week and return return to the, to the lineup in his absence. It's been Anwar Lewis. My expectation is that, you know, it's going to be a shared backfield when Jackson comes back. Um, and then plus, you know, the quarterback, Likes to run the ball too, whether it's Zion Webb or uh, Logan Smothers. So 
There's a, there's a little bit of a committee, but Jackson has been productive in that system when he's been able to be healthy. Running back slash wide receiver on fan tracks, Tyree Shelton, Louisiana Tech. Um, head coach Sonny Cumbie says he is questionable to play this week, um, but Sharvis Thornton is available to play, and Sharvis Thornton will probably be the, the starter at running back if Shelton's unable to go again this week. I don't I don't think think he's gonna play this week. Um I don't have any insight to it. It's just I don't know. Usually coaches are optimistic. Um yeah. And it's oh this didn't give me that vibes. <laughs> so wide receiver uh, Marquis Shoulders Tulsa set out uh, last week's game with a foot injury. I was now able to find his status for this week, so stay tuned if you own Mr. Shoulders. Uh, quarterback Gavin Hardison from UTEP has missed the last three weeks with a shoulder injury. And head coach Dana DeMille said he does not know if Hardison will play Wednesday. My guess is he doesn't know if he's going to play today. Chances are he's not going to play. Um, some positive news on the injury front. Uh, running back from Memphis, Blake Watson, returned and, you know, looked like his old self this past week for Memphis. So, um I wouldn't be afraid to fire him up. I, I did, I did set him this past week because I started him two weeks ago and he did nothing, and I, you know, because he was limited, and so I figured, well, I'm not going to start him again until uh, he he kind of plays a full game, and he did so this past week. So I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be afraid to fire up those Blake Watson shares. And I think that Memphis game might be the highest over under game for this coming week too. So. Who does Memphis have this week? Is, is it North Texas, I think? Yeah, North Texas. Yeah, over under of 68. Okay. Um, quarterback McKay Hillstead returned for Utah State. And running back Harrison Whaley for Wyoming. So he missed the week before last. Last week they had a bye. Head coach Craig Bowles said that he is probable. But Harrison Whaley was quoted as saying, I am playing. I'm not missing this game. And then when Wyoming listed, uh, released their depth chart uh, today, he was listed on top of the depth chart. Um, they're playing Boise State. It's an important game for the Mountain West uh, standings. And I, I think if there's any way Whaley can play, he's going to play. Uh, Wyoming needs Fire to him play. Up. He wants to play. Absolutely. Fire him up. Um. Uh, and a little a tidbit here that uh, that Luke Luke was asking me about earlier today, and I found some confirmation of this earlier today or later today as well. So UNLV quarterback Doug Brumfield returned to action Saturday versus Colorado State. But the thing that was strange is Brumfield lined up two times or two snaps at wide receiver. One of them, he went out for a pass. The other was a run play, so he run blocked. And he took zero snaps at quarterback. Uh, Jaden Maiva, uh, he remained the starting quarterback. So just something to kind of monitor moving forward to see if they're going to try and put uh, Brumfield out there receiver just to try and get him on the field. The whole uh, the whole story of Brumfield of, you know, he's he's always – he's on his way somewhere and he just never – he never can catch a break, I guess. Yeah, always getting injured. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Boise State head coach Andy Avalos says that Taylor Green will start this week, but Maddox Madsen will also play. Um, you know, it's been that way for a couple weeks. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, 
I think, you know, me, me and Luke were talking last night. I just wish they would let Taylor Green be Taylor Green and stop trying to force him to be a pocket passer. Um, but, you know, it doesn't appear that's what they're going to do. Um, and, you know, ultimately, like, it could cost him Green. It could cost Avalos his job, all those things. Um, be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the year. Avalos is probably like, well, I don't really care who the quarterback is when I'm handing the ball off to Ashton Genty. But just think how much more Genty could be effect, how much more effective he could be if you know they let Taylor Green be Taylor Green and run the ball as well, right? Yep. I mean, go back to the well, was it the Holiday Bowl? Not the Holiday Bowl. Whatever Frisco Bowl. Uh, when they were in Texas. Yeah. And Taylor Green kind of had his his bust out game, but. Ashton Gentry did just as good. All right. So now talking to a couple, talking about a couple of games this week, uh, this past week, Liberty versus Middle Tennessee. That was that was a, a shootout, um, which I think you know we, we talked about last week on the show. Fully expected. Um, you know, Caden Salter, Nicholas Vatiato, uh, Quentin Cooley had himself a game. Man, three touchdowns. Um, it, it was a great, exciting, fun game. Uh, I believe it was a Tuesday night game. Um, I watched the whole game. It, it, it was entertaining. I, I was, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, Salter and Cooley versus Vatiato and Elijah Metcalf and Holden Willis and Justin Olson. Yeah, good so, stuff. The only thing that I'm not a fan of is Cooley is taking away some of the Salter rushes. Um, so that is not as great as a Salter owner. Um, in some fantasy leagues, but they're putting up a lot of points. So they are, they are. Um, and a bit of a shocker: Jacksonville State beat Western Kentucky last week. Uh, Zion Webb ran all over Western Kentucky. Um, we might as well Who talk doesn't? about. We you need well to get right game. <laughs> we need to get right game. Just do it. Is not is not the same, right? I mean, they're they're not what we thought. You know they would be this year, uh, it's, no. and people want them to be what they were last year, and they're trying. And I've given up. Um, yeah, I, it, I that yeah. pass offense just isn't the same. That team is in trouble in the coming years. Um, and if you want to um, pick up and draft Western Kentucky players next year, be my guest. I will not be. I will not be one of them. Yeah, I think I think I mean we we talked you and I talked about it a little bit uh, last night when we were you know talking about the show this week and um, you know once Austin Reed and Malachi Corley are gone, I just feel like it's going to be even worse. Um, and their players are going to get overdrafted because uh, you know of what happened the previous two years, um, and and I think next year they'll take a step back with a new quarterback. And, um, yeah, I, I own a few shares of Bronson Barron and, um, some dynasty leagues, you know, I'm not going to do anything with those. I'm going to hold on to them, but you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to be Austin Reed, even Austin Reed this year. Um, and, and Corley, he just, he's, he's such a unique talent at the G five level, um, you know, with his yards after the catch ability. That I don't know that they have someone else on that uh, in that receiving room that has that yak ability. You know, uh, this new offense is we've talked about before is is a Mike Leach offense. 
very much a dink and dunk. They don't take deep shots, um, which was something that we saw from the Kitley and Arbuckle offense. So, the Arbuckle offense. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it looks like now. The Arbuckle offense. Um, but you know, maybe maybe in the off season, Helton goes to. Um, oh God, I can't think of his name. OC there. He was the receivers coach from uh, Mississippi State. Um, maybe he goes to him and says, "Hey, buddy, uh, you know." We got we, we got to do things differently. We can hope, right? I mean, that's the, that's the hope. But yeah. I do expect that uh, you know players like you know Bronson Barron, if he's the quarterback, maybe a Dalvin Smith, um, et cetera, will be overdrafted in leagues um, just because they're expecting them to be Austin Reed and Malachi Corley. Yeah, this offseason, I will be curious on if there are any offseason coaching changes. Uh... And and I'll probably put something if if so there'll be a write up on on my sub stack on on what that means. All right, so, uh, Sam Houston State man, um, they they should have won last week. They're still winless. Uh, they should have beaten FIU. They had the lead. It was fourth and eighteen, like at the I don't know fifteen yard line. So they were backed way up and. They gave up a 21-yard run to quarterback Keon Jenkins. And I'm like, how do you let that happen on fourth and 18? Um, you know you know when that happened? So you had mentioned, I was like, I'm not really watching. Um, I was doing something with the kids, and I, I did see that replay. And you know that YouTube video? Um, it's been forever ago, but it's like it goes like, Leroy! Jenkins, like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it's like. That's what I envisioned uh, was happening in the stadium as he ran for that first down. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I kind of have a special place in my heart for Sam Houston State. Uh, on my other podcast, the ID, WIDP Grind, we've interviewed several Sam Houston State players. Um, you know, all great people. Um, so I, I kind of have a little special spot in my heart for them. Um, yeah. FIU went on to score a touchdown to tie the game. The game went to overtime, and FIU won it, I believe, in double overtime. Um, but I, I do think San Houston State will get their first FBS win or win as an FBS team uh, this week when they play UTEP on Wednesday night. So, you know, go Cats. Um, Old Dominion stunned App State this week. Um I was at the game. Uh, I didn't get to watch too much other football on Saturday other than a little bit of the Ohio State uh, Penn State game. But, uh, you know, App State, um, they looked okay. Uh, sometimes they, they just like, I don't know, they, 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 uh, the run game did, did okay with Roberts. Um, it was very weird. Like just, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot. Sometimes ODU's defense is decent. Um, ODU's offense didn't look, I mean, they looked more consistent than they have. Uh, quarterback Grant Wilson did a much better job of getting the ball out of his hands versus setting set versus holding it too long and taking sacks, which has been a problem. Um, he was much quicker with his decision-making in terms of, Hey, either run the ball or throw it away. Um, and so that helped tremendously. 
Uh, the running game was strong for Old Dominion with Kishon Wicks um, and Kadarius Callaway both having pretty good games. Um, you know, it, it, it was tie game. I'm sorry. No, ODU was down by a point with 45 seconds left. They hand the ball off to Kishon Wicks, and he gets down. He gets a first down, and instead of, like, just falling down at the one-yard line, App State was out of timeouts. He runs it into the end zone. I'm like, oh my god! Like, there's too much time left, you know. Um, and 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 it, uh, there almost was. They, they ODU uh, got the two point conversion to go up by seven, and then with 45 seconds and no timeouts, App State marched down the field, had two shots at the end zone, um, and and the receiver and the you know the, the cornerback knocked him out out of the receiver's hands, uh, you know. But yeah, they had their shot. Um, I, I remember when, when Keyshawn Wicks got that touchdown saying to the guy next to me, I was like, no, he should, he should have fell down at the one yard line. You know, they had no timeouts left, could have killed the clock and then tried to run it in or kick a field goal for the win, whatever, and not giving them the ball. But, you know, it, I guess as a player, it's hard to, uh, hard to kind of fat think that through in, in the heat of the moment, you're just thinking, Hey, we're down. Let me go ahead and get this touchdown. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind just going to get the touchdown because you never know what's going to happen. You know, you have a, a muff. Weird things happen with that they oblong do. shaped ball. Uh, <laughs> bad snap. You know, fumble. I mean, ask University of Miami about just trying to, you know, run the clock out and not taking knees. You know, things like that. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah, a weird game. Right. So just, you know, I'm I see okay both sides. I just. I was just so concerned that you know App State's going to march right back down there and and uh, tie the game up, and then they almost did, but you know it worked out, and that's the so first App- time Old Dominion's ever beat App State. So App State gets a new head coach. They got three wins. Do they make a bowl? I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. Let um, me read it to you. Okay, you got you got, th- you got three wins. You've got the. Southern Miss, who's given that's a up. win. That's a win. Yeah, they've they've quit. Marshall, mm, that's possible. It's at App State, so that helps. At Georgia State, and that's probably a loss. At James Madison, that's a loss. Whoa, sorry, got to put some respect on the name. Number twenty-five, James Madison, um, and then at home against Georgia Southern. Huh. So you got three. They, you got you got Southern they, Miss. They, they, they got to beat Marshall. They got to beat Marshall, and then they got to hope to steal one. Because they're going to beat Southern Miss. Like I mean, that's a given. So that's, you're at four. Four. They they they're going to have to beat Marshall to get five, and then they're going to have to steal one of those three. And, it, and it's possible. Um, but the you know Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and JMU, those are all decent teams. And so, um, yeah, man. I, I I don't know. I don't know if they can get there. I mean, Old, Old Dominion's in the same boat. No, Old Dominion only needs two more wins, and I don't know that they're going to get two more wins to get bowl eligible. Um, you know, they. I see one more possible win against Coastal Carolina. They play JMU this week. I'm gonna say that's a loss. Then they play Coastal Carolina at home. That's that's probably I. I Penning on happens with Grayson McCall. McCall's out. I feel like that's definitely a win. Without yep. McCall, that's a possible win uh, with McCall. And then they play Georgia State and Georgia Southern. So 
if they can beat if they can beat Coastal, they're going to have to beat either Georgia State or Georgia Southern. The Georgia Southern game is away. The Georgia State game is the very last uh, regular season home game or a week uh, of the year. So they'd have to beat one of those two teams. Um, I mean, if they by some miracle can beat JMU at JMU, then <laughs> you know it looks it looks really good. But I'm not. Um, I'm just hoping they. I'm just hoping they play JMU respectable. Uh, JMU kind of wiped the floor with them last year. So, yeah, Sun Belt's tough, man. Sun Belt's tough for sure. Uh, Tulane held off North Texas in a high-scoring game. Uh, Makai Hughes looked great again. Um, Chandler Rogers, Jay Macklin for North Texas uh, looked like you know studs for North Texas. Um, yeah. Great game there in the American. Nevada shocked the world, I feel like. Uh, they got their first win, and it was 6-0 to zero versus San Diego State. Never in a million years would I have guessed they would have won the game, and much less would they have won the game 6-0. to zero. Yeah, I thought you were going to say shock the world that there was a college football game that had an less than seven points. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, winning was another thing. Like, it was just amazing. Um, uh, Nevada's quarterback, uh, Brendan Lewis, was like under 50%. He was like 9 for 22 or something like that and barely threw the ball at all, It like for any yards. It was it was an interesting game for sure. One thing I didn't uh, point out in the injury, I'm pretty sure tight end uh, Kaliki Latu got injured in that game. He um, did. So if you have him, you're starting him at tight end in the league. Uh, just pay attention to to Twitter this week and see if he's going to uh, play this week for Nevada. Yeah, I think let's see. I yeah he he had four receptions on four targets for 81 yards, but he was in a boot and crutches. So it's unlikely. Probably probably ankle sprain. Probably. So, probably unlikely to play this week. Um, I'm gonna let you take this next one, Luke, because you were the one talking about it last night, and that's the the Utah State versus San Jose State game. Yeah, that was just a weird game. I watched that. Had vested interest in uh, have some Royal shares, have some Vaughn shares. They that offensive line just got ate up by the defensive line of uh, San Jose State, and it was weird because. At one point, I thought they were running a slow mesh. It was just real weird, but then it turned more into like the run-pass options later. So I don't know what the couple plays I watched were, but it like the line just ate them up. So I thought, okay, they're going to start running some slants, some drags, you know, just some quick passes. It's you know, it's Hillstead's first game back. You know, let's. Let's go to the free throw line. Let's, you know, let's see a couple in and then, you know, do what we normally do. I mean, Utah State's, I can't remember what it is, but they're negative like 85, 84 points in the first quarter. And then that second half, they they usually take over and move it pretty quick. They weren't even looking at Royals. They weren't looking at Vaughn. Um, it was uh, like number four, um, Davis. Um, that they were, 
Micah Davis. They were throwing his way. They they were they were splitting the tight end out, and they were doing three bunch with Vaughn, uh, the tight end, and Royals, and then they'd have Micah Davis on the other side, and then they wouldn't even look over there, and they just keep. When they would throw it, they just throw it over there, but it's just run, run, run. And I felt like I was watching a, a USF Bulls game of uh, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then it got to like the fourth quarter, and they're down by like twenty one, and they're like, "Oh, oh, that like we have some really good wide receivers. Here's a tunnel screen to Vaughn. Here's twelve yards. Here's a uh, you know." A cross route to Royals. Oh, that went for 32 yards. Oh, let's do another crosser to Royals. Touchdown. Oh, wow, that was really easy. And it was just like, <laughs> why haven't you been doing that all game? And then at one point, they were, it was a first half, I think. I can't remember. First or second half. And they're on their own, like, 30-yard line. And they go for it on fourth and three with the pass incomplete. And, like, Hillstead just didn't look great, but... I'm not going to put it on him. I'm going to put it on the, the line play. Like, the line play was, was atrocious. Like, for running the ball, like, as much as they did, they had, like, I don't know, 40 yards rushing, maybe. Like, it's not like they were effective at it. Right. At one point, like, the line wasn't even – there was, like, one time there was, like, third and – 14 and they ran a draw but the defensive line didn't even like make like they didn't even like cross the line of scrimmage they like were just like in this like prevent thing and then like the running back was like oh crap and then just (laughs) got ate up i don't i don't know it was a really weird game and once they decided like hey these wide receivers are good they could move the ball i hope that's not something that continues because that was gross to watch yeah, I, I yeah with my I have, um, I have some Hillstead, Vaughn, and Royal shares as well, and so yeah, I mean I hope they can uh, get back into their groove, right? Yeah. All right, uh, the Memphis versus UAB game. We talked about this a little bit um, with Jacob Zeno being out. Um, the game didn't necessarily live up to the hype, but you know Blake Watson once again looked, you know, phenomenal in that game. It was a pretty fun game to watch in, ge- in general. And um, I'm trying to think of the quarterback's name for UAB. Uh, well, Landry Liddy played. I'm not Liddy. sure who the, other, who the other guy. There was another guy like, that played too. They, they, they were chucking it and scoring some bomb touchdowns. So it was, it was a pretty fun game to watch. Um, and then uh, – yeah, as you, just, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, South Florida, like what's what's going on with South Florida? Like it just, it's just three and outs, and then like Byron Brown, like he's got games where it looks like he's just killing it, and then others where it's like run, 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 three and out, three and out, three and out, punt, punt, punt. Like I'm an Iowa fan. I live in Iowa. It looks like an ex- more exciting version of Iowa, like in some of those. The, you know, if you don't watch the whole game, no, and it's you're just watching that bad now. Uh, like when you were watching snippets, like because I'm always like, you know, going between games, like, oh, all right, I'm gonna try to see this drive, see this drive. And it's just like three and out, three and out, three and out. It's I don't know it, but then you know, by the end of the game, he's got 250 yards passing because he 
you know, he's thrown it X amount of times and running for whatever. But yeah, it's, I just don't know what's going on there. I mean, granted, you know, new coach, it's going to take a year, you know, get into the system, get into the rhythm. I'm excited for next year um, and, and see what well, USF can do. I, and I can tell you, um, so it's, it's Alex Golesh from Tennessee and, and the offensive coordinator, um, at old dominion that came from Fordham. He runs the, the same offense. Um, coach Decker runs the same offense that Tennessee does in Golesh. And so, um, yeah, I just think I, from everything I've been told is it, it basically requires the players to unlearn what they've been taught their whole year, the whole career in football, especially like the receivers. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's something it's, it's, it's to create less. The theory is that they don't have to think as much, right. Um, about what they're doing. And so, you know, you know, what, what I keep hearing old dominion and I'm assuming that the same would be true for South Florida with that offense is just, you're going to have to be patient. Um, you know, and, and, and the offensive line, you're going to have to, you know, you often, you, you need an offensive line that's, that's good at pass blocking, um, obviously. Um, so, yeah, maybe they can get things turned around there. I know a lot of the, I believe maybe a week last week, a week before last, I saw uh, some of the South Florida fans were kind of like over Byron Brown. And, um, you know, it's clear Jerry Bohannon is not going to go in there. He didn't go in there when Brown got hurt. Um, it was the, uh, the transfer from Coastal. Carolina, whose name's escaping me right now. Um, if so, I have not heard about the fans, you know, being done with Byron Brown. But if you, as a USF fan, want to complain about Byron Brown as your quarterback, like it's not like you, the the I don't. I was about to say franchise, but it's not like the program's been like stellar the last couple of years, right. like. It's, he's a he's a freshman. You got a new coach. Just chill out, okay? <laughs> It'll be it would be interesting. I mean, to see if possible uh, as we get towards the end of the year, if they consider throwing Israel Carter out there, who was uh, you know a, a late flip and a high pro, po, high profile recruit for for South Florida at quarterback. Um, I mean, I, my guess is they wouldn't even consider it till they get down to the last four games. So they don't burn, burn a year of his eligibility. But you know, maybe by then things aren't looking so great, and they throw him out there for a game or two and see what he has. Nope. All right, um, G five over P five this week. There was none. Uh, the only game was Army against LSU, and Army uh, lost to LSU. It was a pretty sweet field, though. Yes, I don't yes, know if it was. So, if if any of the viewer, our listeners or viewers, uh, did not see that field uh, there in Death Valley, they they had camo there in the end zone, which was was pretty cool. So, go take a look at it. So, top twenty-five this week. Uh, I had a gaff last week, uh, a mental a mental lapse um, where I missed that Air Force and Tulane were both ranked. Um, I was only talking about James Madison being 26. But this week, we got three teams uh, from the G5 in the top 25 poll. Uh, Air Force is in at number 19, Tulane at number 22, and James Madison in at number 25. All well-deserved. Um, and and they're, they'll all be fighting for the – well, 
shouldn't say JMU unless something drastically changes. Um, but Air Force and Tulane can uh, can battle for that uh, that G five uh, New Year's bowl spot. I think I think it's Air Force. Air Force looks good, and, and their schedule their, their schedule's pretty weak too. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think you got to give them the edge. Their their schedule is weaker, so their records uh, likely to be the better record, and, and they look good. They look good. So now moving on to the players of the week, Luke, take it away. All right. I went with Terry Stewart, uh, running back at Bowling Green. He had 19 carries for 131 yards and three touchdowns this week. And for my player of the week, I went with New Mexico State quarterback Diego Pavia, 186 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Uh, I'm trying to read through 80 was 86 yards rushing and two uh, two rushing touchdowns. He's he's been a solid uh, quarterback, uh, and and you got him very late in drafts this year. So so you know props to uh, Diego Pavia, uh, Chris K, who I who I work with uh, over at Campus Canton. Um, he's all he's been on Diego Pavia since uh, last year, and he's like you know he just looks like a New Mexico State Aggie. He looks like the mascot, you know. So, <laughs> props to uh, to Chris K for calling out Pavia last year. All right, uh, now we're gonna move on to uh, the good stuff for this week, and that's our top producers for G five um, season to date. And as always, we start with the uh, the quarterbacks here. Um, there isn't really anyone. I mean, there's two new guys. I guess I'll point out. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, two new guys, uh, Frank Harris and TJ Finley, both joined the 2020 club. They're, um, I'm not going to really regurgitate the stats here, but uh, they kind of come in towards the, towards the uh, the bottom of the list. Frank Harris obviously um, missed missed a lot of time, um, and so you know he's he's come back strong here the last few weeks, rewarding his owners that were patient with him, and then you know of course TJ Finley and that uh, TJ Kenny offense. Um, has been getting things going, and he comes in at, at the bottom of the list here. Um, not really anything else I guess I really want to talk about that we haven't already mentioned. I mean, JT Daniels, like, shocker, right? I mean, I don't think anyone expected JT Daniels to be this good for um, for Rice. Davis Brin. Point to- go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say Davis Brin uh, the last two weeks has has not has kind of put up some stinkers. Tell um, me about it. But I, but I do expect this week against Georgia State to be a high scoring affair. So I, I think Davis Brin will get back on track this week. Um, can we talk about SMU's offense a little bit and how disappointing that has been? Um, you know, Preston Preston Stone's on the list, throwing the ball around, great kind of expected there to be one, you know, wide receiver and you got Jordan Hudson coming in from TCU. Um, and he's not even like the top guy there. I, I kind of no. thought he would be the guy. Um, and then you got Curly who's drafted pretty high in, in drafts. He's been unusable. Um, my guess off the top of my head is Jake Bailey's probably the leading receiver, right? Um, that's Probably just, that's just a guess. It, I don't know that um, they've just been spreading the ball around, and it's 
not what I anticipated for well, the SMU. We, we've talked about it. I, I think uh, me and uh, Andrew talked about it a little bit uh, last week. The SMU defense is really good, um, and, and it's a much better defense than what they've ever than they've had any time in recent past. And so I, I think that's part of it as well. Um, at least in terms of like the offense, not necessarily producing as much as they have in the past, because in the past they've been in shootouts. They got to, they got to throw it around and they're still throwing around. Now they are spreading around a little bit more, but I just feel like because that defense is so good um, that their, their, their play calling is a little more conservative than it has been in years past. And then I'm, I'm excited for Texas state just going forward. Um, Not only this year, but you know, Yep, because right, their offensive coordinator is from Incarnate Ward. GJ Kenny, yep, he came from Incarnate Ward, yep, and and they they were they it was an amazing uh, offensive you know powerhouse there in the FCS. So I think you know again it'll take some time, and you're seeing some of it this year, but I think you know better days are ahead for Texas that Texas State offense for sure, and it's not and that's not and they they're good now. So I agree. Um, move over to the running backs with Luke. All right. Give me a second here. I'm just watching the end of this uh, 49ers game. I'm trying to, th- I'm, I missed something. It must've been an interception there. Yeah. It looks like Harrison Smith, maybe, or Cam. I can't tell. Is that Cam Bynum? It's, it's making for great radio. Number 24, Cam right Bynum. There you go. Cam Bynum, Cam Bynum, uh, number 24 with a, with a, okay. like a uh, interception there to basically seal the win for the uh, Vikings. Um, so running backs, a lot of the same names in the same order, uh, two names that are new, Ladinium Webb and Penny Boone. Uh, Penny Boone's been uh, doing well here for Toledo lately. And, uh, Ladinium Webb, a guy who's kind of been out of it. I mean, drafted high in, in drafts and hadn't been really useful for most of the year. Um, Putting up, putting up some numbers. He's having uh, 16.7 touches per game, which ranks 18th and 95.29 um, yards per game, which ranks 20th. And then we have Penny Boone that's getting seven, or 15.7 total touches a game, which ranks 20th and 117 total yards per game. Toledo's got a pretty good uh, schedule for the rest of the way, so if you need uh, Penny Boone, he'll be a pretty, pretty good option there. But the last two, I don't know, last five weeks, you're getting about like 17 touches from Ladanian Webb, and he's had back-to-back 100-yard games. So, and then he had four touchdowns this last week, which kind of really helped his his. 38.8 points um, this last week. Um, Penny Boone, if I – I'm going to uh, look it up real quick, but if I remember right, it was a pretty quiet quiet game this week. Well, he he, they, he shared – he seems like they, they shared more this week with him and Jacquez Stewart, so that's something I guess to kind of monitor, see how that goes going forward. Yeah, 17 attempts for 73 yards, no touchdowns, no targets, 7.3 points, and a 21-17 win over Miami of Ohio. But, yeah um, – not a lot to to talk about here. Um, people who have Ashton Genty, he's off the bye. He'll, you know, get you hopefully your thirty five points uh, a game back. 
it's a little maybe stretching it on 35, but it feels like, you know, he's putting up quarterback numbers in fantasy football right now. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go on to receivers and uh, there's a new player or, or someone that jumped back into the, the 2020 bucket. But the interesting thing is they didn't play last week. So what that tells you is the guys that were ahead of him didn't do too well, dropped their averages and pushed him back up. That's Eric Brooks at uh, Fresno State, who we've talked about. It's really kind of cooled off here um, as, as, as the season's going on. Um, you know, there's no surprise up top. Uh, Wester Horton, Corley, Caleb Hood, Terrell Vaughn, Colin Lacey. They've kind of been – they've been mainstays uh, – Ricky White uh, wasn't the leading receiver this past week. It was DeJesus, um, but Ricky White did okay uh, for UNLV. Um, Hobart kind of leading the way for Texas State. Luke McCaffrey, he, he's the man with uh, JT Daniels. Um, Pinkney, as we said, uh, looks like Grayson McCall is going to be out this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, if I own Pinkney anywhere or even Jared Brown, I'm going to, I'm going to sit them this week and then. Hopefully Eric McAllister can bounce back. He kind of had a rough week uh, the game before the bye. Um, and he had up to that point, he had been pretty consistent. And, and they, they did, they did, it wasn't because they didn't throw him the ball, but uh, a lot of times when I saw when they when I saw they were it was overthrows and he just couldn't catch the ball. So um, hopefully he can have a bounce back week this week. And uh, yeah, Fresno State, uh, you know, they, they, they got um, Moss, who's kind of been uh, been the man here lately. Um, instead of Brooks. Uh, All right. Tight ends with Luke. Then tight ends, a a lot of the same names, uh, same as last week, with the exception of uh, added Latu because he met the 2020 bucket, but I also have these injured. Um, And it said that be out for some time, so – no one really knows what that means in the coaching terms. That could be like a couple hours uh, for some of these coaches. So who knows, but uh, with his four targets and four receptions uh, last week, he's averaging four targets a game, uh, 29.83 yards per game, 8.9 a dot and five points per game. So nothing like crazy um, in a full point PPR and you're getting four targets, uh, a rough. But Trayton Welch is the guy that I kind of want to highlight here in Wyoming. Wyoming is throwing the ball a lot more than they have in years past. At least it seems to me. Uh, just felt like their the recipe was run, 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 and they're airing it out a lot more this year. So I I like Welch, and then you've got your David Martin Robinson without the EJ Warner has, has taken a step back, but then uh, I guess the other piece of news, I, I don't know if you guys talked about it because I'm trying to remember when it happened, but uh, Tanner Kozol at Ball State, um, Hunch, Hunch is out. So something, you know, you would think that Kozol would be doing more, but I mean, why give it to a guy who's good? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, Mazzotti, he didn't have any catches in the game. That was another weird thing about that Utah State game. Like, Mazzotti's been, like, 
he's kind of this lumbering guy when he gets the ball, but like he's a pretty good wide receiver for him, and he he just they didn't look his way at all, so that was kind of weird. But he's even despite the zero targets and zero receptions, he's averaging uh, three point seven targets per game, thirty five point four three yards per game, ten point eight eight dots. So he's out there running routes. Um, and 6.8 points per game. He's only rostered in 10% of leagues. So I do like Mazzotti. They've got uh, Hawaii this week. Um, I'm sure they'll – I mean, we'll get to it in uh, the running backs, but um, San Jose, they've been liking to run the ball, and they're doing a pretty good job of it here lately. But I do like Mazzotti if you need somebody. Anybody else on there, uh, Justice, that you see that you you want to talk about? Um, maybe Aaron, maybe Aaron Hentz at Western Michigan. Western Michigan run a lot of plays just in general. Yeah, this year, um, he's averaging four point seven five targets per game, twenty eight point one three yards per game. Uh, but they're dump off six point four a dot. But they're not great. So they're going to be playing no. from behind. Um, they do like to run the ball, but they are running a lot of plays. So there's the opportunity, and that's all you can ask for sometimes. I do like Trayton Welch this week, right, playing Boise State. Um, I, I think he's in for a good game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, it just feels like other than Holker, you're playing uh, who's going to catch a tight – who's going to catch a touchdown this week. Um one guy that's that's not on this list, and I'm pretty sure he is not. I'm gonna look him up real quick. Um, I don't think he is. Nope, he's only twelve percent owned. That I, I again, I, I like this week just because of the matchup is Bentley Hanshaw out of Liberty. Um, they're playing uh, Western Kentucky tomorrow night, and that game has shootout potential, right? And so, um, you know, I might be willing to take a flyer on Hanshaw. Um, I did notice Holden Willis. He's finally gotten over that thirty yeah. percent. He's like, he's like at forty-seven percent now. So yeah, yeah. I had to take, I had to take him off this week. Yeah, it's good, to, good, good to see that people are, you know, people are, uh, you know, tied in such a wasteland. It, it was a shame that he was under thirty percent for so long, but good to see that's been that's been corrected. I don't know if it's just you, or if it's just me, Justice. Uh, but when I do. Uh, the waivers and I see the roster ship and I see like, Oh, that was like a big jump. I'm like, so many people are watching our show. I mean, there's <laughs> no way people are just picking up these G five guys. We're the only ones out here putting out the G five strictly G five content. I mean, yeah. it's gotta be coming from us. <laughs> so I'd I, I like to think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably wishful thinking, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know, mean, but... we're, we're, we're helping the cause for sure. Right. Yep. So, all right. Uh, moving on to waivers with the quarterbacks. Um, we'll start with uh, we got several of our 2020 guys still available. Um, obviously, EJ Warner's injured. Um, so, you know, and he, he's on a bye this week anyway. Uh, the same with Batiato's on a bye. Uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, Joey Aguilar, uh, JT Daniels. Um, you need quarterbacks. Uh, these guys are, you know, certainly players to add. And then uh, the other guys on that list, um, Jordan McLeod and uh, Chandler Rogers. The fact that they are, you know, Rogers has been, you know, coming on very strong here lately. McLeod, 
um, does it with his feet as well as through the air. The same with Zeon, Chris, and Piz Peasley. Uh, they also uh, are run the ball as well. Like, you know, th- these are all great options for uh, waiver additions. If, if you're hurting for a quarterback this week, uh, maybe due to buys. Um, I know some of my leagues, like, I got some bye week issues this week. So, you know, I, I'm having to, you know, go deep on the roster or, or add some, uh, add, do some uh, waivers to uh, just to feel the starting lineup this week. So, any of these guys would be great additions um, if you need for a quarterback this week. Well, I just don't understand how Braden Nick, uh, Braden Fowler Nicolosi is still under 30%. He's a freshman and he's doing pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, I, it just, I don't know. I can't put it into words. So the people who are watching us on the other things are not watching us here. I don't. I don't get it. But uh, yeah, I mean, averaging, they, 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 that offense produces, right? I mean, you know, Carson getting strong. twenty, getting twenty two point six points per game in a six point passing touchdown league. Um, pretty good for a freshman. Yeah, and absolutely. obviously looked way looks way better than Clay Millen. Chandler for Rogers sure. uh, is is interesting name because uh, he's averaging like. Without looking it up, he's got to be like six-point passing touchdown, like 30, 28 uh, points. and 26, but, you know, I remember the first part of the season, he was splitting time, so. Oh, yeah, you got the the points right there, yeah. So, yeah, I I like what Chandler Rogers in North Texas is doing right now. Yep, I agree. And then for running backs, um. Mentioned it a little bit before, but Quentin Cooley, 2020 guy from Liberty, he's 23% rostered, but he's getting you 15.4 points per game, and he's he's heating up. He's heating up, as they say in NBA Jam. He's he's on fire, man. (laughs) Yep. Um, And then Terion Stewart, he's 18% owned, 14.1 points per game. Uh, You got Makai Hughes is the guy that I really want to talk about for Tulane, 28%. I hope to not talk about him next week. 14.3 14.3 points per game. You got Hughes, his last three games, you've got 22 attempts, 26 attempts, 20 attempts for 123 yards, for 130 yards, for 121 yards, and four touchdowns over that time. That gives you 26 points per game, 19 points per game, 21.4 points per game, and a freshman. I mean, what else What else do you want? Um, Nyquin Wright, uh, USF, we talked about, the Bulls are just like Huge run, run. Past week, it's like run, run. You know, punt. Well, right. He's had in the last two games fifteen attempts and twenty six attempts for one hundred and six yards and one hundred and eighty six yards and three touchdowns over those two games. That's seventeen point six points and thirty one point seven points. Um, he's ten percent rostered. He's getting you twelve points per game, but he is putting up some big points right now. And then. Um, we talked about it about every week, but Malik Sherrod, if you believed the Gilliam hype, you uh, you got lulled to sleep there. Uh, but Malik Sherrod, one to got one to look at, and then Quali Conley. Again, I watched a lot of that uh, Utah State uh, San Jose State game. They used a committee between Kyrie Robinson and Conley, but Conley does pretty. Does pretty well to hold hold up his own there. Um, he's getting you 14 points per game, but they're going to get the ball to to Robinson in the you know inside the five 
I think he's had a rushing touchdown every game, and they, and they really look to to get him the ball. So some to be mindful of. We've got Dean Connors on here. Again, just haunts me every week because the one week I picked him in the the waiver. <laughs> he had a bad week, but every other week, man, he's had a good week. <laughs> and it's just like, he, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, we, we preach volume. He doesn't get the volume. He just happens to have a knack for big plays and touchdowns. So um, That was a bad week, I think, for all, all four of us <laughs> on, that, on that week because scoring at least the guys for the guys we picked was kind of way down. Um, and then I wanted to talk about – Braden Bennett for Coastal Carolina, 20% rostered, averaging 12.5 points per game, getting you 12.14 touches per game. Uh, his last his last few games, so he had 15 attempts and 15 attempts. This last week he had eight attempts, but when your quarterback gets hurt, I mean, granted, it's towards the end of the game, uh, kind of your plan goes out the window a little bit. But he had – so this week he had eight eight rushes for 35 yards, not great. But before that, 15 attempts for 114 yards and 15 attempts for 62 yards or 64 yards and two touchdowns um, over those. So he's got 22.7 points, 20.7 points, and then the dud of the 7.1. In my article about Coastal Carolina, they like to use uh, the running back. And over the last, I, I think it was, I'm trying to remember how many, the sample size on years, uh, but However long the coach has been coaching, uh, looking at offensive tendencies, that running back should get you about 16 to 18 points per game. So is it 22.7, 20.7? You know, that's that's right in that alley. So I, if you need a, a guy, I'm going to pick up Braden Bennett, and I'm going to expect about 15, you know, 14 to 17 points. I think this week. All right. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, we got Lawrence keys um, only rostered 19%. He is the, uh, he's the man for Tulane there. Uh, Tyrone Howe. He did play this week. Uh, last week we talked in the news about how um, he got into it with the Texas state student section and reportedly threw a water bottle and broke someone's nose. Um, but, Whatever punishment there was, if there was one, it didn't happen this past week. Um, Tyrone Howe is a very much a I feel like a boom bust play with UL Monroe, uh, but UL Monroe um, was down was down to their third string quarterback this week and was a true freshman. He threw for like three hundred yards, so you know maybe that 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 could be positive news for Howe moving forward. Um, Sean Atkins of South Florida has really cooled off the last few weeks. Um, he's probably not wouldn't be too high on my list to add at this time. Uh, Jalen Moss kind of really stepped up for Fresno State, as we mentioned. Um, he's he's kind of been their leading receiver the last few weeks. Rock Taylor, Memphis, has has been you know been a stud the last couple weeks as well. Amari uh, Thomas, he's the he's the man for UAB. He doesn't uh, he doesn't get a lot of ton of targets, but he does a lot with the catches he does get. Um, Noah Smith, Sam Houston, like I don't. There's probably one guy that's been hotter than Noah Smith, and and he's not on this list. And I'm gonna. When I get done, I'm going to play a game with Luke to see if Luke can guess who it is. But, but Noah Smith's been on fire the last couple of weeks, um, so he's so available. Here, so since starting, you know, conference play after they they played Houston, his his last four games, you got 15 targets, 16 targets, 11 targets, 13 targets. You got 97, 97, 97 yards, 97 yards, 55 yards, 91 yards. Um, 
he's getting you in full point PPR 27.16, 22.5, 26.2, 34.1 points. Ain't too bad. Yeah, he's he's been on fire, man. Um, Chase Soul, East Carolina. I talked about him last week. He had kind of caught fire the previous two weeks. He kind of fell back down to earth. Um, but the East Carolina quarterback play is so bad. But but the kids are freshmen. Um, and so if you're in a dynasty league, he's definitely someone to kind of look at. And then um, Reggie Brown at JMU. He's kind of their leading guy. Um, again, kind of like Amari Thomas. He doesn't get a ton of targets. But he does do a lot with his targets. You know, he's kind of like a three catch for ninety yards and a touchdown or two kind of guy. Um, so you know, if, if you if you need a receiver, you can do a lot worse than Reggie Brown. Now, this one player that's not on this list who's been pretty hot, I'd say the the last three weeks, um, Luke. So his total number of targets the last three weeks were forty two targets. Three weeks ago, he had sixteen targets. Two weeks ago, seventeen. I'm sorry, seven targets. And then this past week, he had 19 targets. Um, he went for 23.3 points, 8.3 points, and 29 points. He is a transfer. He plays in the MAC. Any guesses? Based off that, does he play at a place that runs a lot of plays? Yes. Uh, Kalamazoo, yep. Michigan. Yep. Yep. I don't. I don't remember his. I don't remember his name. But you know, with how many targets that is, and there's in the MAC, there's well, that one team that's gonna that that runs a lot of plays. So they're at Western Michigan. And what's that's, what's his name? That's Kenny Womack. Kenny Womack. Womack. He's only two percent owned in fan tracks. Um, you know, if if you need some wide receiver help, you should be adding this guy like now. I mean, if if he if he is available in your leagues, he's you know. Getting that number, getting that amount of targets—that's just insane. So, go run, run, run out, look for Noah Smith and uh, Kenny Womack. If they're available. Add them to your teams. All right, that's going to do it for our waivers and uh, top producers. Um, before we close out, just a, a few more things here: um, G five versus P five this week. One game, UConn versus Boston College. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much hope that UConn's going to be able to stop uh, Thomas Castellanos and that uh, Boston College offense. Neither, yeah. So, I mean, ho- hopefully they can, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <coughs> I'm not betting that they're gonna they're gonna knock Boston College off this week. A um, couple of games to look forward to. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we have, we have a big Conference USA showdown uh, tomorrow night. I believe the game's at 7.30. Liberty at Western Kentucky. Um, over under 61 in that game. Um, I expect it to be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, I mean, if I have Salter and Cooley, I'm starting them. As I mentioned, Bentley Hanshaw could be a flyer at tight end. Uh, Western Kentucky, Malachi Corley um, and Austin Reed. I am starting Dalvin Smith at tight end in a couple leagues just because with bye weeks, I don't really have any other options. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a shootout, man. Yeah, I'm hoping my Austin Reed share can get me maybe 30 points this week. And the MAC, the big showdown, uh, both of these teams are 3-1 and one in the conference. That's Miami, Ohio versus Ohio. Um, Ohio, they win. 
Um, they don't look as explosive <laughs> as they have. Um, Sam Wiggles had a big game this week. Like, love to see that. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, right? Like, yeah, he had had a big game on my bench. Um, I do think I am starting him this week just because of bye week issues. But he got to the, you know, he's just so inconsistent. Like, I, he's not he's not the reliable starter he was last year. Um, and then you know Miami Ohio is going to be breaking in a new quarterback with Avion Smith. So uh, you know it'd be interesting to see kind of like what happens with Gage Larverdane, as we had mentioned um, mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, the Sun Belt, uh, another game that I think is going to be a shootout Thursday night. Uh, Georgia State at Georgia Southern. That game is probably going to go a long way to deciding who wins the Sun Belt East. Um, I personally like Georgia State. I just they just feel like a, a I know it's kind of cliche, like a team of destiny this year. Um, they look really good on both sides of the ball. Uh, fire up your Darren Grangers, your Marcus Carrolls, uh, even Robert Lewis uh, for Georgia Southern. Davis Brin, uh, Caleb Hood, Darwin Dor- Burgess. Yeah, could be a could be a, a, a you know barn burner in the Sun Belt Thursday night. And and Darren Granger had his helmet taken away from him. Uh, they're coming in at a halftime, and then went back in the third quarter. I talked to Darren, and he said he's good to go. So uh, don't worry if you've got him; he he he's ready to go. Uh, and the American, um, like we mentioned earlier, I think this game is the highest over under for the week. And that is Memphis at North Texas. Um, so expect a lot of offense there. The over under 68, you know, Blake Watson, Seth Hennigan, Rock Taylor, uh, Chandler Rogers, Jamori Macklin, um, all those guys, you should absolutely be starting them if you own them this week. And then finally, the Mountain West, uh, a, a big showdown to see who's going to win the Mountain West, uh, UNLB at Fresno State. Um, Mikey Keene hope should be back, right? Uh, yeah, they had the bye. bye week. Um, you know Malik Sherrod, who went off the week before. Hopefully he can he can have a repeat performance. Uh, Jalen Moss, you got Maya Via um, and, and Ricky White there at UNLV. Um, the UNLV running backs that just seems like a mess to me, right? Like it's every week a different guy going off. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna venture a guess as to. Uh, <laughs> As to whose turn it is this week, maybe Jaden Thomas. He hadn't had a turn in a, in a couple of weeks, so may, maybe it'll be his turn. But uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm starting any UNLV running back with any sort of uh, any sort of confidence. Yeah, I don't blame you. So that's uh, that's going to do it for uh, this week. Next week we'll be going full bore with that sweet nectar on the G5 from the Week Nine games bringing you all the news for the swarm that we can find about G5. Uh, We thank everyone for your support. Please uh, like, subscribe, retweet, uh, leave five-star reviews. Um, Obviously, you can find us on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, anything you can help to spread the word. Uh, We would appreciate it uh, as we grow our followers and uh, continue to hopefully, you know, continue to refine the content for you guys on a, on a weekly basis. So, yeah. And if there's something that you guys want, that you guys are listening, I mean, you guys are the consumers. We can talk about whatever we want, but we want you guys, you know, to, to get something from it. 
So, you know, we're com- coming to the n- end of the season here. You know, what do you guys want to hear? Um, you know, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know stuff that you want to hear. Uh, hopefully in the summer, uh, we got some things that we're trying to, you know, put together. So hopefully we'll have some fun things, you know, here in the off season too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and thanks everyone for your support um, and, and for the continued support as well. Spread the news to your friends. Man, it felt good to be back. It's great to have you back, buddy. All right. Good night. See everyone next week. Yeah,